wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. Welcome back, folks, to Wrestle Rant Radio here today, January 12th, 2017, second ever episode of 2017 of the new year. It's looking bright, it's looking great. Uh, we're talking all things WWE in the latest episode of the show here today, as always. Last week, we were joined by David Joseph for a great episode. We're keeping it rolling, guys. I'm not flying solo once again. We got Lucas Rojas making his debut on the show here today. We got some history from Save Us GSM many years ago. He is back to talk all things Raw, SmackDown, and the like on the show here today. So, Lucas, long time no talk. How you doing, brother? Long time no talk indeed, and I'm doing great. It's good to be back running business with you. <laughs> uh, for anybody that doesn't uh, familiarize with who I am, me and, me and Graham basically have a history of doing podcasts in the past. Uh, just a quick little plug here, just in case anybody wants to tune in, you can check out Spreaker.com slash user slash Bibles React Radio. It's a little bit of what I do, you know, sports podcasting, so it's a little pro wrestling talk in there. But here, it's all about pro wrestling, baby, and I'm ready to get started. Nice, nice, good shit, good shit. People could check it out there. And also, before we get started, uh, where can people find in the social media platforms? Anything else you want to get? Uh, you want to plug before we get started here? Uh, yeah. So on Twitter, the handle is at LucasRojas27. You can check me out on there. And as far as the Facebook page is concerned, you can check out Rivals React Radio. Just search up Rivals React on Facebook. Like the page, and there you have it. Nice, nice, good stuff. People can check all that stuff out. So in terms of wrestling, like I said, we're talking Raw and SmackDown here today. But before we get into all of that, it was officially announced, I think on Monday, Sunday, somewhere around there. I know it was rumored at like the first day of the year, New Year's Day, I saw the news break. But it was officialized on, I think, Monday, right before Raw. WrestleMania 34 returning to Louisiana, New Orleans for the first time, I think since WrestleMania 30, so only four years ago. Uh, four years later, they're back in Louisiana for WrestleMania. So big news. I think this might be the first time in God knows how many years they've been back in the same city for WrestleMania in less than five years. It's pretty crazy. But WrestleMania 30 was pretty lit. It was a great show. So I'm looking forward to seeing them be back in uh, New Orleans for this show as well just next year. So I know that's thinking way ahead. But, uh, Lucas, who, what were your thoughts on WrestleMania being brought back to New Orleans area in 2018? This might not be a popular opinion that I'm holding right now, and I, I might throw in some negativity here, but I don't see it as a as a good move by WWE. If anything, I think it's a bit of a setback because of the fact that they were just recently there. I mean, hell, it wasn't even five years ago. You said it yourself. It was mm-hmm. literally four years ago, and I know the, the success that surrounded that show that night, WrestleMania 30, you know, the whole Daniel Bryan situation and, you know, it being sell, uh, sold out and all that, but... I just, I don't know, man. I don't like it. I personally would have felt WWE was going to expand beyond, especially since they brag about how they grow as a global company and that they're a 
you know, a, a publicly owned business nowadays. And, you know, so I thought they would be expanding beyond that. And I just, I, I, I'm disappointed. I, I figured maybe London as a surprise or, you know, maybe even California. California has a lot of venues. But, no, they're, they're going back to New Orleans. I don't see it as a good move. And especially, you look at the logo, it, it's pretty similar to the first time uh, when they went there. The same exact logo, almost the same colors. I don't know, man. I, it, to me, it's a setback. They have so many different options as far as not just this country is concerned, but also uh, just the world in general. I mean, come on, you talk about global? Well, expand. Like, you know, go beyond the country and, and find another venue out there. You know, they recently, you know, they, they just announced that they're doing a, a UK title tournament and whatnot. I figured there's some connection there. They're signing wrestlers from China. You figure, okay, maybe things are starting to head down the right path as far as a global company is concerned. But they hit us with the news that it's in New Orleans. I don't know, man. I don't like it. Yeah, I got to agree with part of that as well. I mean, I do like New Orleans as a site. WrestleMania 30 was great. It should be a great arena. I know there's a lot of stuff going down uh, going down over there in terms of tourist attractions, which they obviously look for. Like, I know I'm from the Connecticut area. That's where I am right now. They haven't held a WrestleMania here since 95, since WrestleMania 11, which was arguably one of the worst manias of all time. So I'm not surprised they haven't been back since. But part of the reason why they go to all these big cities like Texas, like you said, California, they were there for 31, New Orleans, and uh, the last couple of years, you know, especially, they go to big places where they have big stadiums, they can, you know, promote all that tourist stuff and all that other shit, but no, I do got to agree, I do like the variety, I mean, part of me is biased, and were you just at TakeOver last year, or were you at SummerSlam too? I was at NXT TakeOver only. Okay, okay, so they're going back there this year as well. They were there the year before that, so they're going there three years in a row, and that's part of the reason why they're going back so many years in a row, which is why they were in Los Angeles for God knows so many years, because of all that tourist stuff and whatever, but, I mean, you could do that anywhere, not just New Orleans. I got to agree that there were a lot of different, you know, cities in the running. I know Minneapolis was a big one for a while, and they haven't been to Minneapolis and. I couldn't tell you, at least a long-ass time they haven't been there for, so that would have been a cool little site to go to. I don't know about in the in the springtime, I don't know if it would have been cool or not, or like freezing, whatever, but um, yeah, no, I do appreciate the variety, and you mentioned it right there, I'll ask you a point blank right now, and I could not agree more, I think my myself, as, you, as well as you and many other people, have been pulling for a WrestleMania in England for a long, long time, ever since SummerSlam 92, they have yet to do one, they've done SummerSlam there, They've, they're kind of getting better with that. I mean, they're starting to do more TVs there. Like you said, they're doing the uh, the, the UK tournament this upcoming weekend, which we'll talk about momentarily as well. So they are kind of going down that path only to go back to New Orleans. So maybe not this year, maybe not next year, maybe not any point in the next two, three years. But Lucas, at any point in the near future or any point ever, really, do you see them hosting a WrestleMania in London? Do you think it would work out logistically? I think it, it actually would work out because I know the biggest issue was probably the time zone and, mm-hmm. and having to find the right venue for that, you know, because nowadays WWE likes to go all out with arenas and wanting to break records as far as a sellout crowd is concerned. So I know there's a lot of investment that involves that and, and having to do research and, you know, just investigation and negotiation and all of that. But I think it can get done. You know, you talk about England. I mean, Come on, it's England. How many, how many arenas, how many venues are there? I'm pretty sure they can find something that's even more speed into any arena there. Mm-hmm. As far as the time zone is concerned, I really don't think that's an issue. I, I, I just, I don't know. I'm not a firm believer of that. Like, they could seriously still put on a show 
at, let's say, 7 p.m. Eastern time here, uh, advance to five hours over there. So that's what, midnight, basically? I think it can get done. I, I mean, for one night, why the hell not, you know? And then, like, even even with this year, uh, WrestleMania being in, in Florida again, in the Citrus in the Bowl, in the exact same arena where it was, what, almost 10 years ago now? Nine years ago that was? Yeah, mm-hmm. so even, even with this year, I would view it as a disappointment. But no, I think you're definitely right. I do see a, a potential in London actually sooner than later, maybe within five, six years from now, I would say, uh, given all the connection that they now have with the UK and, and whatnot. So yeah, they're definitely getting there, and they've been doing takeovers you know, in Toronto and all these other different uh, parts of the world. So yeah, I, why not? You know, But I just, I, I just think that at this point, WWE is beyond just the United States. Like They're long past that, and it's a shame that they have to refer to past venues. I, I, I don't understand that. I really don't. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but somebody eventually has to tell Vince McMahon, like, hey, you know, expand your horizons a bit. Because it, it, I, to me, man, like, it kind of derails the company in a way, in a, in a public matter, when the, the releases come out and, and the print comes out that WrestleMania is going to be at so-and-so, you know, because everyone's obvious, obviously going to be talking, they're going to be buzzing about where WrestleMania is going to be. So when you have Fox News putting this up, and you have TMZ putting this up, and you have all these different outlets online, as far as media is concerned, putting this up, you don't think they're going to critique the company because they're going back to the exact same venue? I mean, the NFL doesn't do that. You know, all these other big leagues or big corporations, whenever they're doing something like that, they don't go back to the same place. Or if they do, they don't do it so recently, you know? So for WWE to go back to the exact same venue two years in a row now, you know, Florida this year, and then uh, New Orleans uh, next year. I again, I, I don't see that as a brilliant strategy by WWE as far as public is concerned. I mean, you said it earlier, too. I think one of the biggest issues that people viewed at for years as to why they won't do a WrestleMania there is because of the time zones. But really, if that's the only issue, and I'm sure there's other stuff in terms of travel and all that other stuff, but, I mean, the fans will go wherever WrestleMania is. That's not really an issue. I think the biggest thing is that, in WWE's eyes, as you said, is the time zone thing. So whether you start it at 7 or 8, and it's midnight or 1 over there, they would stay up to watch the whole thing. The UK fans are crazy. They would stay up to watch WrestleMania. Or if they wanted to start it at, at three o'clock, which I know what they're doing is what the uh, the tournament this coming weekend, and they did that with Takeover about a year and a half ago, it, you could do it then too. I mean, it's really not that it's not that big of a stretch to have WrestleMania start at three o'clock in the afternoon, just because for one thing it's a Sunday, so it's not like people are doing anything anyway. It's not a football. There's no games on or anything because it's football season's over, and. Um, just because, like, WrestleMania starts at 5 o'clock anyway with the whole kickoff show shit. It's like a 12-hour show regardless. And if it gets over 8 or 9 as opposed to, like, this past year, it was, what, a 6-7 hour show at the kickoff and a 4-5 to five hour WrestleMania. They went an hour over time. It was ridiculous. And they got over at, like, midnight or something. So I'd much rather have it end at 8 or 9 o'clock than 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning. So, yeah, I feel like if that's the only issue that's holding them back... I mean, not that it's not an excuse, but it's they could work around it. So we'll see. I think they will go there at some point. Maybe not, obviously, next year. They're back in New Orleans, but maybe for 30, 
35 or 36, and I think they are headed in that direction, as you said, with the takeover being held there a little over a year ago, the new UK tournament, which I also want to ask you about. And um, they had a little preview for that tournament this coming weekend on the network after Raw this week, about 20 minutes, really nothing special, but kind of shining a light on each of the, of the 16 competitors in the tournament. A few notable names. I know uh, a few guys from that What Culture promotion, which I don't watch. I just know some of their names are going to be in it. A few other guys. I know Mandrews, Mark Andrews from TNA will be in it. Danny Birch, a familiar face from NXT. So a couple of notable names should be great. It's a two-day tournament, Saturday, Sunday. So, uh, Lucas, any names from the tournament that stand out to you as being special, anyone you're familiar with, or even if not that, uh, anything about this tournament that you're looking forward to watching this weekend on the network? Will you be watching it? Uh, sure, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it a shot at watching it. And no, I'm not familiar with anybody, but I will say this: I don't want to sound like a critic, but have you noticed how almost all of the guys, because I've seen you know the, the photo of all of them, and you know I, I've done some research on a few of them. Have you noticed how all of the guys? look exactly the same. And I'm not trying to say that in a way that's going to knock anybody or offend anybody, but I just feel like with the cruiserweight division, it's kind of the same thing. And now you're throwing in, you know, this tournament here where once again, it's kind of the same thing where all, all, almost everybody looks the exact same, you know? And Mm -hmm. I just think that's kind of like a problem in terms of, uh, expansion and and uniqueness in terms of character and, and, superstar building because if everybody looks the same then you know eventually who is anybody supposed to get behind how, how are we supposed to build a star out of somebody in that tournament if everybody looks the same and, and i'm talking in terms of wwe here because i know that's how they do business and that's how they operate you know they always want to look at the guy that's gonna uh represent their brand but right now i, I mean i guess that's why we all have to tune in but right now i just think it's more of an uh, athletic aspect that they're trying to throw at us, which is fine because all, all these guys, I'm pretty sure they're very talented. They can do outstanding things in the wrestling ring, but we need to get familiar with their style and, and their character, and, and that's key, you know, because it, it just can't be a thing where, okay, they're going to have this tournament, uh, and they're going to have phenomenal wrestling matches. Someone wins the title, but then where's the story for, for that character? You know, where's mm-hmm. the journey? I want to see a journey. I want to see a story come out of that. I want to see some character development, and if we don't get that out of this tournament, I, I would see it as a as a bit of a letdown, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I hope this tournament does allow them to showcase their skills, because it is very different. I mean, you go from the Cruiserweight Classic, which happened over the summer, which was phenomenal. The matches were great, which is one thing. If you have great matches, that's great, but you have to have some sort of character, like you said, a reason to get behind these guys, for the fans to want to watch more of them in the future, not just because... They're great wrestlers, but also there's a motivation for them to continue doing what they're doing, whatever. And we got that with the CWC, with Kendrick, Kota Ayabushi, uh, TJ Perkins, who had an emotional victory in the final. So hopefully we can kind of get this out of the... Uh, we can get we could see something similar from the UK title tournament on, this, uh, on Saturday, Sunday, this weekend. And it's not just a bunch of great matches, which would be great. But like you said, if we don't have that same motivation that we do to get behind these characters, then what's really the point? So hopefully, if they can showcase their personalities, it will be a good idea. Um, it is live, I believe, both Saturday and Sunday at 3 o'clock or whatever it is, so it should be cool. Whether it becomes its own entity as a television show in the future is another thing in terms of more fucking programming on the network, which is whatever, but I mean, we already have enough wrestling as it is. That's a whole other issue. 
when we get to that down the line. But for right now, I think it's a cool little, you know, a cool thing for the network to have more in-ring action, more live original programming. That's exactly what this network was made for. So it should be cool. And hopefully, if done the right way, it can be a success. Um, so speaking of which, we mentioned it earlier, Monday Night Raw on Monday. We'll start with the bad and then go from the good into SmackDown a little bit later on. Uh, we don't have to go match by match, segment by segment, just because the overall show wasn't really anything all that noteworthy. Um, but Shawn Michaels, we'll start with this on a lighthearted note, I guess, to an extent. He returned on Monday night for the first time in many months uh, just to promote his new movie, The Resurrection of Gavin Stone. And uh, he was confronted by Rusev and then Enzo and Cass. He got involved in that whole thing. Cass beat Jinder Mahal. Um, I think a lot of people were hoping for Michaels on Monday some sort of involvement with the whole Seth Rollins and Triple H storyline or him announcing his involvement Okay, maybe not in the Rumble match, obviously. He's been done for seven years now. But maybe in some sort of role at the Rumble as a referee or whatever. And not really what happened. He came in, promoted the movie, did a couple cheesy lines with Rusev and Cass and Enzo and Mahal. And that was it. And he walked off. And that was, that was all that we saw from Michael. So were you at all disappointed from the use of Shawn Michaels on Monday Night on Raw? Uh, not really. You know, because if you set the standard that high for a legend like Shawn Michaels, hired and has nothing to do with the product anymore, then yeah, you're going to be disappointed. But otherwise, I don't think anybody should uh, be offended or be upset that that's all Shawn Michaels is there to do. I mean, you, you talk about people that always talk about the future and, and pushing young guys and having the focus be on the present guys. Well, then there you go. Shawn Michaels is not doing that. He's not here to uh, steal a spotlight anymore, or he's not here to be the spotlight. I have no problem with him not having anything to do with the Royal Rumble. It doesn't matter if it's in his hometown. The bottom line is, Shawn Michaels doesn't need to be around for any of this anymore. And in fact, I know a lot of people were like, oh, they, they ruined the segment. This was a, a disaster of a segment. No, actually, I look at it from a perspective angle, because, or a, a positive angle, I'm sorry, because uh, Shawn Michaels, you know, he was out there with Enzo and Cass. He was out there with uh, Rusev and Lana, you know, and these are the guys that they need to put focus on. And the fact that you have all of them in the same ring with Shawn Michaels, I guess they learned something from that. And, and it shows that, hey, we're willing to put these guys next to Shawn Michaels. Let's get something out of this. And boom, there you go. So I think it speaks mighty of Enzo and has to be paired up with Shawn Michaels in the same ring and also Rusev. So it seems like they're trying to really build this guys and get them comfortable with familiar names just so they can build a familiarity more. And, that's not that's not a bad thing. I, I, I actually like that. So people look at that segment as it was pointless, it was unworthy of, of watching. No, I, I think, if anything, it benefited Enzo and Cass. I mean, benefited Rusev uh, and Lana, you know, to, to establish that connection that, you know, they're the heels here even more and, and make them more despisable heels. So I have no problem with anything that happened with Shawn Michaels on Monday Night Raw. So Shawn Michaels may not be the Rumble, but The Undertaker is. He also returned on Monday night, announced his intentions to win the 2017 Rumble match. That was pretty much it. He also said that no one can control him, so pretty much acknowledging the fact that he's not on Raw, he's not on SmackDown, he's the motherfucking Undertaker. He could show up wherever the hell he wants, and he's going to be in the Rumble match in two and a half weeks to win it all, and he's been a pretty popular candidate for a while now. Just because Cena is going for the gold against AJ Styles at the Rumble. He might win the belt. Taker might win the Rumble. As you said, and it's not only the hometown of Shawn Michaels, but the home state of Texas for Undertaker as well. So 
10 years removed and when he originally won the Rumble, so of course he's a big candidate to win it. Uh, what were your thoughts on Undertaker's return to Raw on, on Monday night? What do you think his chances are of winning the Rumble in a couple weeks? Okay, well, what I thought about Taker's appearance on Raw, it was kind of already predicted that that would be the announcement he would make. I mean, mm. it was a bit obvious. I mean, what else is he going to say other than that? He wasn't going to say he was part of the Raw brand. Because we know Undertaker isn't wired that way as far as his character is concerned. So everything he said makes absolutely 100% sense as far as him not being controlled by anybody and not being loyal to one specific brand. I like that because I think it does add to his character. But again, I just think that was expected for him to say that. So uh, in terms of him coming out, yeah, it was a cool moment. But I guess because they announced it, it it kind of, uh, you know, lost a bit of an edgy side to it, in my opinion, as far as shock value is concerned. I just saw it as, okay, the Undertaker's here, great. As far as his chances of winning the Royal Rumble, I know everybody's getting all excited and thinking he's one of the favorites or the top favorites to win the Rumble this year just because he's in it. But I don't see it that way, to be quite honest with you. I think WWE, I think what it is, they're just trying to promote the Royal Rumble to make a big, big deal about it because of the fact that it could be... Uh, an event like no other before, and the venue that they're hosting it is. So they're, so they're trying to get as many big names as possible behind this event so that that night turns out to be a WrestleMania-like night, which is fine, and, it, and it's great. But I don't think Undertaker's going to come out of that night winning the Royal Rumble. I think they're just teasing us, to be honest with you, and he's probably going to be there. Yeah, he'll last a long time in the Rumble. He'll have a good performance, but how cool would it be if, uh, I know I suggested this to you a few weeks ago for the Q&A that you did. How cool would this be if Samoa Joe was one of the guys that actually benefits in that Royal Rumble and tosses the Undertaker over the, over the rope? How is that for a sport for you? Why, why not have Samoa Joe, Undertaker, be the final two in the ring and have Samoa Joe eliminate the Undertaker? To me, that, I think that's better, that's more compelling, and, and a bigger story as opposed to a guy that's been there, done it all, he's a legend, has no business winning the Royal Rumble. I think it's a huge waste of time. He can still find a title opportunity without winning the Royal Rumble. So why not have a guy like Samoa Joe, who I personally love to see as my number one option to win the Royal Rumble. Why not have a guy like him or even a Finn Balor, which I don't think he's cleared yet, but a Finn Balor, Finn Balor would also be another favorite for, for me to win uh, the Rumble. Or even John Cena. I take John Cena over The Undertaker. So... No, I just, number one, I don't want the Undertaker to win the Rumble, and number two, I don't think he's going to win the Royal Rumble because WWE is smarter than that. Again, I think they're just trying to build the Royal Rumble match up to be a huge deal, hence why they have names like Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, and neither one of those men, neither one of those men are going to win the Rumble uh, as well, in my opinion. So yeah, to me, it's all just buzz. But if you ask me, who who do I think is going to win it? I still would say John Cena, and I know that sounds funny because <laughs> he's in a match with AJ Styles for the championship at the Rumble, but John Cena could very well lose that match and still insert himself into the Royal Rumble match. So I still think he's a favorite of mine to win the Rumble. For some reason, I think this is going to be the year where WWE throws a complete swerve at us and somebody that we did not see coming wins the Royal Rumble. That would be pretty crazy. I have yet to hear anyone say John Cena. I've heard a bunch of takers who I I've, I've, I think Taker is winning it. I don't want to see him win it for the exact same reasons you just said. I just have a feeling he might. There's Goldberg. There's Lesnar. Not anyone who is probably going to win the Rumble. But as you said, a lot of star power. Probably the most star-studded Rumble we've had in several years, which is pretty great. And there's a lot of different candidates who could win it from Miz, Taker, even the Cena, as you said. 
Maybe someone we're not thinking about, like a Samoa Joe, as you mentioned as well, a possible call-up. The return of Finn Balor. There's a lot of different people who could win it. Um, so now that you said that, now I'm kind of interested. So if you say that AJ beats Cena that same night, Cena goes on to win the Rumble, uh, tying Stone Cold Steve Austin for most amount of Rumbles won uh, at three, where do you think he goes from there? Do you think he goes back after AJ going into WrestleMania for another match? Or do you think he goes over to the Raw brand? Or, or Taker maybe wins the belt in between them and Mania or whatever? Or do you think he goes over to Raw to face Roman Reigns or KO or whoever else? Where do you think Cena winning the Rumble would, ha- would take us? See, this is, where, this is where it becomes interesting because all those scenarios you're throwing out there is exactly why I would love to see John Cena win it and why I think he's going to win it. There's just endless opportunities there because there's been talks of Cena versus Roman Reigns for quite a while, uh, dating back to even last year, but because he was injured and he was sidelined and also the TV appearances and whatnot, they were, ne- they were never able to come to a, you know, a confirmation of John Cena versus Roman Reigns, and also the Reigns suspension kind of hurt that as well. But mm-hmm. no, I think this year, I think this year is going to be the year where we do see a match between John Cena and Roman Reigns. The question is, yeah, do they want to do it at WrestleMania? Which I would love to see that happen. Uh, also, John Cena going back to Raw is not a bad thing because I think right now Raw is suffering from stock power. In itself, I mean, yeah, they have Goldberg for the moment, but he's not going to be there every single week. Mm-hmm. So why not uh, have Cena go back to Raw? But I think the way it plays out is John Cena wins the Royal Rumble, and as you said, I think the Undertaker is going to go on to win the title at the Elimination Chamber pay per view, where he'll take on you know AJ Styles and whoever else they throw in, in that chamber. And Undertaker walks off that night with the title, and uh, you know the month. Leading into it, they go with John Cena chasing The Undertaker. And not only beating The Undertaker and, and, and winning the title for the 16th time to Tyrus Flair's record, but I also would go out on a limb to say that John Cena is retiring The Undertaker. Now, uh, I know we don't talk much, Graham, but here's my take. I, I've been saying this for a while now, uh, since October, or when was it that Taker first appeared on SmackDown? Was it November? Yeah, around there. Mm-hmm. So I've been, I've been, yeah, I've been saying since November that that's my prediction that John Cena is going to retire the Undertaker, and all this talk of Undertaker saying that, oh, I don't want WrestleMania to define me anymore. I think that's a, that's like a, a way to twist things around, where that's exactly what is going to happen. That uh, WrestleMania is going to define him. But I think WWE is just using like psychology, uh, psychology. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm watching here. <laughs> but no I worries. think it's just reverse psychology, basically, mm-hmm. where I think what he's saying is going to be the ironic uh, figure about that. So I think that instead of him saying that, I think it's going to be the other way around, where he loses at WrestleMania, and he's retired by John Cena, and WrestleMania does end up defining him for the rest of his career after that. I think that's what uh, the whole lesson here is for, for the storyline. I mean, think about it. WWE would not have The Undertaker appear on a SmackDown, say those kind of words, to not build something bigger than that. So I think that is what strategy is here. I think that is what they're trying to uh, promote and get behind for the main event of WrestleMania, which I think, why not, you know? Because they still have another main event for Raw, so there's two main events. And if not everybody is happy with John Cena and Undertaker, you still have an alternative over on Monday Night Raw, whether that's... Roman uh, versus Finn Balor or Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe or what have you. You still have two main events to promote that night, but I think that's the direction they go with. And also, to add a little bit more drama to this, why not have Cena 
eliminates the Undertaker at the Royal Rumble to build tension even beforehand, before the Elimination Chamber. And then there's talks of Cena versus uh, Taker already uh, after the Rumble where Taker's going to get his revenge. You know, he's, he's definitely going to want to kick Cena's ass now because Cena took him out of the Rumble. And then Taker eventually does get uh, revenge. He wins the title at Elimination Chamber, and then he has a chance to redeem himself against John Cena at WrestleMania. So I think that's how it's going to play out. It's fantasy booking, but hey, do you think it's realistic? <laughs> I think, you know what? It honestly could happen, and I would rather take that over, and I literally just got finished doing this week's Q&A video, but I was thinking, and I do think Taker's winning the Rumble and Cena's going to win the belt, a lot like Rock and Cena from a couple years ago, where, I mean, it's an, I mean this is going to be a lot better just because we haven't seen Cena and Taker before, whereas with Rock and Cena, we had just seen it at WrestleMania 28. We saw it the very next year in a match that was far worse than the year before, in my opinion. Um, this should be different. It's something fresh. It's a different story, but... I like the outcome, because I do want to see Cena and Taker at Mania. That should be the end result either way, because it's a match that really, other than Cena, there's really not many marquee matches left for Taker in his career. I mean, he's already faced Brock Lesnar. He's faced pretty much every big star on the roster, other than maybe AJ Styles. So, and Goldberg, I feel like it's too little too late to do that at this point, but Cena and Taker should be, and I mean, if there's really any way for Taker to go out, as you said, it should be against John Cena. And I don't know, again, like I said, I just have the feeling that Cena is winning the belt at the Rumble, but I like that idea more just because I feel like the end game for Cena, and you know he's going to win his 16th championship. Anyone who does not think that is a fool, because he's going to become a 16-time champion, whether it be the Rumble, Mania, he's going to be around for a while. It would be ridiculous if he didn't win it. Um, but I just right. don't think the Rumble's the right time. I mean, they haven't really talked about that all that much with Cena tying Ric Flair in recent weeks. They did. They talked about it a lot going to No Mercy, going into every other title shot he's had over the past two years or so, and he hasn't won it. But they haven't really talked about it all too much going into the Rumble, so I feel like that's just not the right time to do it. Whereas if he won it at Mania, and in the process of retiring The Undertaker, it's just, it's great. I think it just kind of works out together all in one. So, um, no, I think it is a good idea. I think it definitely is plausible, um, especially since you could plant the seeds in the Rumble match itself. And it's it's a better way to twist things up. And I'll ask this before we move on to the rest of Raw and maybe later on to SmackDown as well. Do you think it's a possibility that we could see... Obviously, Cena and Taker is the marquee match. But some people are saying that AJ should be involved as well. So in, in this scenario, we're saying that Taker and Cena is happening over the belt. I think it's a match that doesn't need the championship, but I guess it probably will be for the title, in my opinion. I, I think it will be. But So let's assume Taker and Cena happens for the belt. Where does that leave AJ if he's not in that match? And do you think if you put AJ in that match for a triple threat at WrestleMania, and the same reason why they probably didn't do Punk versus Rock versus Cena at 29, just because it's not as big of a marquee as it would be Cena and Taker one-on-one. So do you think it's possible we could see AJ in a triple threat with those two guys? And if not, where else do you see him fitting in on the card at WrestleMania? Well... Hmm. I, I, I do think it's possible that AJ Styles is, is uh, thrown in there, especially because he's been on a roll on SmackDown, and mm-hmm. they've highly invested in him. There's no way he would be world champion right now if WWE didn't see anything in AJ Styles. So I think it would be a compliment and a reward for uh, AJ Styles to be a part of that match. I still think it, it, it could be marquee. Uh, AJ Styles has grown within the WWE as far as being one of the top guys, so why not? You know, throw him in there. Also, I think the reason they would throw him in there uh, and, and why that would be more possible is to protect John Cena and the Undertaker as well because of their age and their health. 
and them getting injured so much, why not throw in AJ Styles as a security blanket where he's a much more reliable worker, a safer worker, and he could probably do most of the work in that match, kind of carry, you know, carry John Cena and Undertaker a bit, where they don't have to do that much work. And you could still have a phenomenal, exciting match. That way it's not just this low-paced match between two dinosaurs, you know? And I know Cena's not a dinosaur, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I think from, from that aspect of it, I think it would make sense. I think it is possible because, number one, AJ Styles is an investment. He is a star. They can protect John Cena and the other Taker, which if they want four years out of those two guys, or or maybe not the other Taker so much because it'd be his last match. But with John Cena, if they want more years out of him, more production, then yeah, that protects John Cena as well. So ultimately, I do think he does fit into the whole thing. Plus, he would need his rematch, right? If he loses the belt at mm-hmm. uh, Elimination Chamber. So yeah, because other than that, I don't see what else they could do with AJ Styles if he were just to go into WrestleMania. I mean, I know I heard. I read something the other day where uh, AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe have been talked talked about as far as like yeah introducing Samoa Joe and, and mm-hmm. bring him to SmackDown and kind of do like a match between those two. That would be the only the only alternative I see for AJ Styles. But I think Raw needs Samoa Joe more right now than yep. SmackDown does because SmackDown is filled with stars. You know they mm-hmm. have AJ Styles, they have Randy Orton, John Cena, Dean Ambrose. So I just think that SmackDown is star studded on a two-hour show that's already smacking Raw in the ass every week. <laughs> so, Pretty much, so why yeah. Not have, yeah, so, so why not have Samoa Joe uh, be featured on Monday Night Raw, which if they do that, then there definitely is nothing else for AJ Styles to do on SmackDown. So, yeah, I think the possibility is there, and it's a shame that WWE never did CM Punk versus Cena versus The Rock many years ago, but I think the reason for that was because of the whole rematch and you know, because they, they really didn't need CM Punk. I mean, when you think about it, The Rock was already Hollywood. He's already an established name. And then you're talking about John Cena, the face of the WWE. And at that time, both guys are still healthy, you know, and Cena's still in his prime. They really didn't need CM Punk. And actually, CM Punk was more, uh, was more uh, injury-prone than Cena and, uh, and, and The Rock were at that time. If you remember, CM Punk was constantly getting hurt, yep. but I think that's another reason why they didn't want to add him to that match, whereas with AJ Styles, I think he's, you know, he's more consistent as far as being there every week, not getting busted, and, and remaining healthy, so I think that that works to his favor this time. And the SmackDown side seems pretty much set. I mean, if you have Taker, Cena, and AJ, and even if AJ's not in that match, like you said, you could have AJ and Joe, but I do agree, I think Joe... As great as it would be to see him on SmackDown mixing it up with Cena and AJ and Taker and whoever else, he is needed more on Raw. SmackDown's pretty much set. They just turned Ziggler heel. They have enough heels. They have enough baby faces for the most part. They need more people on Raw other than just freaking Roman Reigns, Jericho, Rollins, and Reigns. And speaking of whom, the Raw side seems pretty much up in the air right now for WrestleMania. Obviously, you got Goldberg and Lesnar. It seems like it would it would be a mistake to not do a rematch after everything they invested in Goldberg at Survivor Series, and I don't see him doing it at the February pay-per-view. So you have that set. Neither guy should win the Rumble or the championship at any point between now and Mania, so that should just happen on its own as a marquee match. So where does that leave the Universal Championship? Where, where, where does that leave the Universal title? And people have been going back and forth for weeks now in terms of whether Roman wins or he loses the title at, at the Rumble, 
And they're doing the rematch for God knows how many times. Now, the fifth, fourth, sixth time, whatever, the Rumble, with Jericho inside of the cage. Whoop-de-doo. This time, though, Reigns is not walking in the United States champion. Another big talking point on Raw this week was that Jericho pinned Reigns in that handicap match to become the new United States champion. So a cool moment, but at the same time, it clears up Roman to win the Universal title at the Rumble. So, uh... Kind of two questions in one here, Lucas. One, what were your thoughts on Jericho winning the U.S. title on Raw? And two, where do you think this leaves Roman Reigns going into the Rumble and beyond? Okay, so to answer the first one about Chris Jericho winning the U.S. title, I think it's great. Uh, I'm having flashback moments of when John Cena was the United States, uh, United States champion two years ago, and he brought back prestige to that title. I'm not saying Roman Reigns uh, did it. He certainly did a good job of that, but I think Chris Jericho can continue that and add even more success to that title, even if it's just a temporary thing, because uh, then you can also set up Jericho versus Owens, which I think at this point it's a given that it's going to happen at WrestleMania, but mm-hmm. why not throw in the, the U.S. title there for, for uh, Jericho and Owens at, uh, at WrestleMania? And I, and I think that's the only reason why they did it, you know, to, to have that match at WrestleMania where Kevin Owens uh, can still win and gain something out of that, not just by beating Chris Jericho, a legend, but also uh, having the U.S. title. And I know that sounds like it's a setback for Kevin Owens, but when you think about it, Kevin Owens really wouldn't be in this position right now had Finn Balor not been hurt. So I don't want to hear him mm-hmm. talk about, oh, he was going to be in the main event anyway. No, he was still going to be that mid-card option uh, if Finn Balor was around right now. So, and, and, and I still think it's a compliment to Kevin Owens if he does beat Chris Jericho and wins the U.S. title. At WrestleMania, I mean, that, that'd be a huge step in his, in his career. What, what was he doing at Mania this past year? Oh, that's right, he was in the ladder match that he didn't even win. So mm-hmm. I think it, it definitely would, would be something beneficial and, and a bigger step for Owens this time around to beat Chris Jericho. So, yes, number one, I think that's great, and I have nothing bad to say there. Uh, number two, with Roman Reigns and what's, what's going on with him heading into WrestleMania, I think it is a, a given that he is going to walk out as the universal champion at uh, the Royal Rumble, just so they could also set up Jericho versus Owens, as I just talked about. Um, and as far as who he could possibly face at WrestleMania, uh, that, that's a good question, because right now it, it's, it's up there. You know, there's a lot of names, Goldberg, uh, Braun Strowman, but let's be honest, I don't think it's going to be Braun Strowman. I think this hype surrounding Braun Strowman really is just, for him to have a dominant performance in the Royal Rumble match, and then I also think that he's going to continue that into uh, WrestleMania, so he can win Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. But I don't see big plans, or I, or I don't see any bigger plans for that than uh, for, for Braun Strowman there. As far as Goldberg, I mean, yeah, WWE they could always do something like that, but had they not learned their lesson from uh, two or three years ago when Batista came back and. You know, obviously the fans rioted. So I think it would be the same thing here, where if they do Roman Reigns versus uh, Goldberg, I think the match would have to <laughs> would have to be changed. So I don't think that's going to be something that they go with anyway, even though they probably do want to do it. I mean, I, I have no doubt in my mind WWE has thought about that, but I don't think it's going to happen because they, they've learned from the past. And I, I do think Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar still needs to be finished. Brock Lesnar needs to have his win back mm-hmm. uh, over Goldberg. So, yeah, I, I think right now you can pop, you can probably rule out Goldberg and, and, and Braun Strowman. There's just no way they're going to have Goldberg move on from Brock Lesnar to Roman Reigns when Brock Lesnar hasn't had his revenge on Goldberg yet. 
So, I, so to me, that throws anybody in there as far as randomness is concerned. And, th- and that's why I mentioned guys like uh, Finn Balor or Samoa Joe, because those are the only two other options I, I see for Roman Reigns. I mean, who else on the, on the Monday Night Raw roster would face Roman Reigns? Absolutely nobody. We know Seth Rollins is, is booked for uh, Triple H, so that's not going to happen. So it has to be somebody that either comes from NXT or is making a return like Finn Balor. So, yeah, Raw, I like, that. I like the fact that it is unpredictable, but I also do expect it to be somebody that comes out of nowhere, which is great. I, I like that aspect of it, even if it's a returning star. I don't mind that either. Uh, and I'm not just talking about Finn Balor. I'm talking about anybody that just comes back out of nowhere to have a big match at WrestleMania against Roman Reigns. I have no problem with that. But... I think right now we're looking at the C option, and, and that C option is that it can be anybody. I, I don't think it's going to be Goldberg or, or Rob Strowman, but I do think it can be anybody but those two guys. Yeah, I mean, as you said, I mean, before I said earlier, the only match that really seems set in stone is Goldberg and Lesnar. That's kind of a lie, as you said. We got Kevin Owens and Jericho, which has to happen at WrestleMania. You got Triple H and Seth Rollins, which I completely forgot about, but that's another big match for WrestleMania. You got the universal title match with Roman Reigns. You know Roman Reigns will not be in a freaking mid-card match of all things at WrestleMania after main eventing the last two years. So it seems like he either will main event again or will be in a co-main event with Cena and Taker main eventing, whatever. So um, it's it does seem like a foregone conclusion at this point. He will win the belt at the Rumble. And as you said, and if he does, there I mean, there's a couple of different options in terms of people he could face. Joe winning the Rumble and doing Joe and Reigns would be awesome because obviously it's something we've never seen before. Not even really the Samoan connection. I mean, that's one thing, but I know they're not related, but that's just what they probably will have chemistry in the ring. Joe can get a good match out of anybody. And uh, Reigns' last two Mania matches have been good to great with Lesnar and Triple H. So we'll see. But um, yeah, even if it wasn't a Joe, like a Finn Balor, I think would make even more sense. I think that would make perfect sense just because the last time we saw Finn Balor, obviously he got her. He beat Rollins at SummerSlam. But prior to that, when he earned that title shot at SummerSlam, he beat... None other than Roman Reigns on Raw, and Roman Reigns said, I respect that dude, whatever. People were hoping that Reigns would go heel. Obviously, he didn't, but you can go back to that match. He had, they had a good match on Raw that night. I mean, if you do that match at Mania, and you do Cena and Taker, I doubt that one of them, I mean, you're not going to do, I don't think they would, maybe they could, do two babyface versus babyface matches, and I don't think Cena or Taker are going heel, so... I mean, I guess you could turn either Reigns or Balor heel, and even Balor going heel. I know as, as many as as many people, you know, as much as people want Balor or rather Reigns to go heel, I just don't think he will anytime soon. Otherwise, why wouldn't they have pulled the trigger months ago? But with Balor, though, they have the obvious connection there with something that was teased, you know, a while ago with him in the club, who are also not really doing much right now. They're going after the tag titles that they might not win at the Rumble. Um, but other than that, I mean, they could team up with Balor, they can go heel, and they can have the whole Bullet Club-esque thing going on in Raw, the Balor Club, with them against Reigns, which could be a great match for Mania, and it gets Balor in a big match at Mania upon his return, so uh, I don't think Balor's winning the Rumble, but it's definitely a possibility. So there's a couple different paths that can go down for both Raw and SmackDown, some intriguing possibilities, so... Uh, speaking of SmackDown, even a better match or even a better show on Tuesday night, or even before we get to SmackDown, we'll quickly uh, touch upon this before we go to the Blue Brand stuff. So, Lucas, real quick, what do you expect out of Brock Lesnar when he returns to Raw this coming Monday night for the first time that we've seen him since he got squashed at Survivor Series a few months back? <laughs> uh, what I expect from Brock Lesnar, I think uh, basically it'll be another generic uh, Brock Lesnar appearance where he's in the ring for five to ten minutes. He doesn't say a word. 
Paul Heyman does all the talking for him, and he sells off. He sells us all on how Brock Lesnar is going to win the Royal Rumble and also destroy Goldberg. And I also possibly do think we we might get another scene like last year, where uh, I don't know if you remember, uh, like prior weeks before the Royal Rumble, Brock Lesnar came out and destroyed everybody mm-hmm. until the Wyatt family came out and, and took him out. So I think we might see something similar here where Brock Lesnar possibly at the end of Monday Night Raw just, uh, you know, he puts an ass beating on everybody that's in the ring surrounding him, whether that's Kevin Owens, Goldberg, Chris Jericho, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, where he probably is going to snap on a few guys uh, on that roster there. And he's basically going to end Raw with him standing alone in the ring with Paul Heyman, declaring that, you know, he's coming and he's coming to make a lot of noise. So I see something like that. It's typical Brock Lesnar booking, but it always works. It's always effective. I will say this about Brock Lesnar. He needs to have a strong year this year. And also not just that, but he needs to have a huge performance at the Royal Rumble. Because one thing about Brock Lesnar, last year, it all went downhill for him starting at the Royal Rumble. Actually, if you remember, that's that's when the downfall began for him. Yep. Because... Yeah, last year at the Royal Rumble, uh, you know, we had high expectations. He was my pick to win the Royal Rumble because Same. I wanted to see the rematch between him and Roman Reigns. Yep. I much preferred that over uh, Roman versus Triple H. But, no, he he had a huge disappointing uh, performance at the Rumble last year. Didn't even last a long time. And was eliminated by the guys he already eliminated, which was absolutely nonsensical. It made no fucking sense. <laughs> and so this year, he has to have a much better year in terms of performance and winning more matches, he, he has to show up at the Rumble. Because I guarantee to you, if uh, he, he goes out there and, and he has a bad performance once again, then the same exact result we saw from him uh, this past year is going to happen again. Because to me, it all starts at the Royal Rumble. I, I'm a huge fan of wrestling, and I always like to see this thing where uh, the year basically, or, or what happens in the Royal Rumble how a year is going to go for everybody. Like, you know how AJ Styles uh, debuted in the WWE last year? Yep. Well, yeah, that kind of, that kind of uh, entailed what the whole year was going to be for AJ Styles, and we saw what happened with it, and it turned out to be money, and it was successful. Then we see what happened with, with a guy like Brock Lesnar, and that's how the year went for him. So I do like to think that certain things revolve around how something goes, and in this case, I think that the Royal Rumble is so important that if he does I would hope so. Like you said, I, I mean, you make a great point. It really is disappointing. 2016 really started at the Rumble when he got tossed by the Wyatt family. Then the Fastlane match was whatever, really. And then the disappointing matches with Orton and then Ambrose and then getting squashed in 90 seconds. So, yeah, hopefully he will show up at the Rumble, kind of return to the beast that he once was and have a good showing. Um, I mean, we all kind of know he's facing Goldberg at Mania. How good that match is, I don't really know. But as you said, he needs to get that win back. I don't really care for the match itself, but Lesnar does need to win. Hopefully, he does have a good performance in the Rumble. And um, and hopefully, we can see him mix it up with a couple new fresh faces like this past year. You know, we saw him mix it up with the Wyatt family. I mean, I could even see them doing something similar to what they did a couple weeks back with Goldberg and Reigns kind of facing off. And whether they do that match, I don't think they do it at Mania, obviously. Maybe they do it for the title at Fastlane and, and Reigns wins after interference from uh, from Lesnar. But I could see them doing something similar on Raw this coming week where instead of doing Goldberg and Reigns, you get Lesnar and Strowman. Another match I think they will do, not at Mania, but I can almost guarantee you that match will happen 
at SummerSlam. I don't, I don't want to see Braun built up only to lose at WrestleMania to a fucking Roman Reigns or a John Cena or whoever. Hopefully the heel push continues. The guy has been very good in this role. He's not an amazing wrestler, but he has been built up very, very, very well since the draft. And I think a match with Lesnar might be only inevitable at some point, maybe even at SummerSlam. But uh, move for, moving forward, they're going into SmackDown before we wrap it up in the final 10 minutes or so of the show. Um, another good show. Like I said, really not a bad thing to say about it for the most part. We did have uh, Ambrose and Miz furthering their feud. And I would assume that was the last time we saw them on the show. They did not appear in the main event or at any other point throughout, uh, you know, throughout the show last night or on Tuesday night, whatever. Um, but they did announce their involvement in the 2017 Rumble match. So I assume we will get a rematch on the show itself. And it's not completely unprecedented to have someone in a match earlier in the show like Ambrose himself, you know, speaking of Ambrose and Owens, like last year, have them do the match and appear in the Rumble later on. So where do you think, Lucas, this feud between Rusev, uh, between um, Ambrose and Miz is headed going into the Rumble? And do you think either of them, specifically Miz, like I said, he's my pick to win. I would love to see Miz win. I just don't think it's happening. What do you think their respective chances are of winning the Rumble uh, later on this month? Well, as far as the feud is concerned uh, between Miz and Dean I, I see it not lasting longer than WrestleMania. And actually, I don't even think it'll last by WrestleMania. I think it might be a one and done kind of thing. Maybe, maybe it's dragged on until Elimination Chamber and then that's it. But what, by that point, they already have two matches. I don't think WWE mm-hmm. would want to have a WrestleMania match, or, you know, a part three of a, a certain match. WrestleMania is always kind of like a, a marquee night where they want to have new matches installed. So I, I don't see it happening. Uh, it, the whole this thing, though, is interesting because, yeah, you've been so red hot with arguably be a lot of people's favorites in the Rumble, but that's probably not going to happen because the Jets is that on them split. But it's unfortunate, really, because you've been on both. But that actually leaves room for concern for the Miz because then, if he does move on from Dean Ambrose, and let's say he wins the, the Intercontinental title back, which I think is going to happen. I mean, there's just no, there's no, there's no reason for Dean Ambrose right now to be holding that title. There, there just simply is no reason. But if the Miz does win and he is going to win the title back from uh, Dean Ambrose, where does that, where does that leave him then? Because at this point, you would already have paid Dolph Ziggler and Dean Ambrose. So who does, who's, who's next in line? Like you can't fight Daniel Bryan because Daniel Bryan, you know, is retired. I mean, unless there's a story there that I would love to see unfold, and I'm pretty sure you you would as mm-hmm. well. But realistically, I don't think that would happen. And then it, it becomes a thing where, where, what do they do with him? You know, and I think that's what sucks for the minute because at this point he would run out of opponents. So I don't want to see this momentum die for him. I, I really don't. But it's like, what, what could happen with him? And that's an interesting question because I don't even know the answer to that myself. Now I'm hearing they might they might do another ladder match at WrestleMania this year, so that might be the option where you know he puts his title on the line in a ladder match at WrestleMania. But I wouldn't like to see that happen just because I think it it's generic booking and, and it accomplishes nothing for no one. Like, yep. They don't they don't they don't tell a story in that kind of match. And the Miz needs to have a, a match this year at WrestleMania that does tell a story that that solidifies himself as one of the best guys that WWE has right now. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, mm-hmm. something that's going to benefit his career, because he's never really had a WrestleMania moment, and I think this year he's deserving of one. 
So I don't think a ladder match would accomplish that for him. And I just, I don't know, man. I, I'm with you on this one. I, I just don't know what they could possibly do with the Miz other than a dream scenario of him facing Daniel Bryan and probably beating Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. But again, that's, that's just a dream scenario unless there are talks of something going on and we just don't know about it. But at this point, I, I, I don't see I don't see what else they could do with the Miz unless you have like some sort of alternative. Yeah, he's another guy a lot like AJ after the year that he's had in 2016. He has to be prominently featured at Mania. Okay, maybe not in the main event against AJ, which I, I still think would be a good match, but even if he's not in the title match at Mania, he's still got to be in some sort of notable match that isn't, like you said, I could not agree more. The latter matches the last couple of years... Okay, they've been entertaining from an in-ring standpoint, but they accomplished nothing. Daniel Bryan won the belt a couple years ago in the ladder match and then retired. Obviously not his fault, WWE's fault, whatever, but looking back on it, it really served no purpose. And then this year, Ryder won it for a great moment, but then he dropped it the next night anyway to the Miz, and that whole thing took off, obviously. But um, still, the ladder matches are just one way... It really, it really should have just been Owens and Zayn one-on-one. The ladder matches are just a way of getting everyone on the fucking card. And as great of a match as it is, it's just a crash-style opener. And it should really be focused on the stories themselves. So with Miz, right. I, I haven't heard anything like official, like, oh, this is being booked or whatever. But just in terms of fan theories I've heard, maybe Brian comes back for like a 10-second match, and they do the whole thing from WrestleMania 28 five years ago where Miz kisses Maurice, and he turns around, eats a knee from Brian, and then Brian wins the belt. I guess that's one idea, but then they, WWE has to deal with all the backlash of, you know, Daniel Bryan said he was retired, he has a concussion, why is he getting back in the ring, you know, in the weeks preceding the pay-per-view. So I don't know how likely that is, but I've also heard another fan idea where Shane McMahon is the surrogate for Daniel Bryan at the pay-per-view, and they do Miz and McMahon, and, and, and Shane is not... Obviously, he wasn't really a wrestler to begin with, and he's not. I mean, that kind of showed in the Survivor Series performance, but it would still be something notable for Miz. It could be a fun little match, and Miz, I mean, Shane isn't really that much of a threat, but it would be much better than Shane and Taker from last year, which was really kind of a disappointment. Miz and Shane would be a good little mid-card match for Mania if they want to do that, and maybe Miz, he should beat Shane. I have no reason, I have no idea why Shane would beat him, but that's one idea. Um, with Ambrose, hopefully they find a place for him as well. The feud's been great. Like you said, it just, as you said, it really, I just don't think there's any really need, as great as it has been, any real need to drag it on till Mania. Like even a mid card mixed tag team match between Ambrose and Renee Young against The Miz and Maurice is like a fine SmackDown main event, even maybe as a mid card match for Elimination Chamber. But as like a WrestleMania match, I feel like it's kind of a waste because Renee Young doesn't yeah. even really wrestle. So. I don't know. Hopefully, you know. Hopefully, he does well at Mania, and they find a good position for him on the card. But uh, Ambrose and Miz, we'll see more of that, I'm sure, in the weeks to come. And uh, one last big story on SmackDown: we had Cena and Corbin, which we might talk about briefly before we go off. But the other really big story on the show this week was American Alpha Wyatt Family SmackDown Tag Team Title Match. Really good match. AA retained their belts. Uh, some tension teased between all three members of the Wyatt Family: Bray, Luke, and uh, and Randy Orton. So. Where do you see this story culminating, and what and how you know what form or fashion come WrestleMania? Maybe a triple threat. Do we get Orton and Bray too? Is Bray the babyface? Where do you see this you know culminating come WrestleMania? Hmm, it's interesting because they can go a, a lot of different ways with this kind of uh, storyline here. As you mentioned, it could be a triple threat match. It could be a double turn between Randy Orton and, and Bray Wyatt. Um, but I think whatever happens. 
and I think it will be a match between Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. I think if that is to happen, which, like I just said, it's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know why I'm filling in it there, but uh, it has to be like, no, no it's about it. There has to be a situation going in there to make this match great. Mm-hmm. Randy Orton versus uh, Bray Wyatt in a regular, you know, rugby match. Just start to do it for me. Yep. And also their styles with their way of wrestling ring. I don't think it's going to be enough to um, entertain an entire crowd that would just probably crap all over that match. So I yep. think that, you know, a, a match like that needs to have some sort of gimmick involved in it and a stipulation, whether that's like a steel cage or no holds barred or an I quit match, something cool like that. I think you have to put the, the stake high for that kind of match. So that uh, it's seen as important, because otherwise, I think a lot of people might just look at that match and be like, "Oh, this is a bathroom break," you know. And you don't want to do that to a guy like Randy Orton, who is, you know, been there, done that, and has been there for uh, more than ten years now, and is a top star. You don't, you don't want Randy Orton to be embarrassed at WrestleMania. Also, you've invested so much into Bray Wyatt, and you're trying to get his momentum going again, which it slowly has been, and I like what they've been doing with him. So you want to keep that up. Again, you gotta you gotta have consistency as far as good booking is concerned, and that continues with a good stipulation kind of match for those two guys. So if anything happens, whether Randy Orton turns heel and Bray Wyatt turns babyface, or what have you, or if it's the other way around, and Bray Wyatt is still the heel and Orton is the face, there still needs to be a, a stipulation match, no matter what angle you look at it from. Uh, as far as Luke Harper's concerned, personally, for me, this might sound like unpopular or whatever. Personally, for me, though, I, I, I would much prefer him to be the only guy that faces Randy Orton and, and not so much Bray Wyatt for obvious reasons, you know, because he's much more talented, more gifted in the ring. He can do much more. So he could actually uh, put on a better performance against Randy Orton that would excite the crowd and excite everybody watching at home. So I don't, But I don't think that's going to happen because WWE looked at Bray Wyatt as their guy, not so much Luke Harper. But how cool would it be if it was just Randy Orton versus Luke Harper with Bray Wyatt, I guess, you know, watching from ring, ringside or something like that. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's a dream scenario. I don't see that happening. But, yeah, in terms of uh, Randy Orton versus uh, Bray Wyatt, yeah, no matter what happens, again, there has to be a stipulation involved. Yeah, if they do the match again, there has to be either no holds barred or something. And they did the match in No Mercy a couple weeks or a couple months ago, back in October, and it was not a good match. It, it was all right. The crowd could not have cared less coming off the triple threat title match and Miz and Ziggler, and the match died a death. So it doesn't even really matter whether Wyatt's the. I would like to see him as a face, but if they do the match again at Mania and it's a standard singles match, one on one, regardless of who is face and who's heel. The crowd will crap all over it if it's not no DQ or something like that because no one will care. I mean, it's a story that's been building for months now, but in terms of a match, they need a step at WrestleMania if they do go and you know do indeed go in that direction. Um, but one last thing, like I said, Cena Corbin, they had that main event, good match. Cena won, Cena wins, LOL, wins clean, whatever. It was a good match. Um, but what I really wanted to ask you about as our final topic before we you know head off the air here next week, it was announced that I, it has to be the main event. I don't know why it wouldn't be. For the SmackDown Women's Championship, for the first time ever on SmackDown, it's going to be Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss for the title inside of a steel cage to hopefully blow off this feud once and for all that's been going on since, I think, September at this point. And it's been a good feud. The whole involvement of the whole La Luchadora thing is cool. They get her out of the mix, presumably by putting them in a cage. But, uh, yeah, one of the very first 
few steel cage women's matches in history. I think they've only done maybe one other with like Trish and Victoria years ago or Trish and Lita or whoever. But other than that, we do not see many women's steel cage matches. And we already saw women's tables match, women's hell in the cell, Iron Woman. So we're getting back around to the steel cage. So uh, what are you anticipating in this upcoming steel cage match next week on SmackDown between Becky and Bliss? And are you looking forward to it? Yes, I am looking forward to it. I expect it to be a great, phenomenal match between both of them. I actually think it might be the best match that they've had out of the entire feud and the entire series of matches that they've had. So I expect them to perform well. And actually, I'm great that SmackDown is now getting these kind of matches for the women. And mm-hmm. not so much Raw only, because before it was just Raw with Charlotte and uh, Sasha Banks. But now SmackDown is getting that as well. And why not? You know, bring on the competition. And as far as uh, what this means... Uh, yeah, I have, I have some news here for you guys, and it might be a little bit of a spoiler, maybe I'm off, but yeah, I think this is going to be the end of the feud, and it's going to end up leading to bigger things at the Royal Rumble, and you might know where I'm going with this, but, uh, forgive me if, I, if I'm wrong, but wasn't it last month, or last year, I should say, now last, <laughs> last month that they announced a certain, uh, women wrestler was, uh, re-signing with WWE, was that last month or November? Whenever it may have been, mm-hmm. all, all I know is Mickey James was announced that she would be re-signing with the company and that she, she was going to be expected to uh, make her TV appearance at this time of year in January. So I think it makes a lot of sense that they're having this uh, steel cage match happening next week and the whole uh, luchadora thing going on. Because I think that, uh, that's basically describing what's going to happen here. I think after that match, or maybe during that match, uh, Luchador will have some involvement as far as who wins that match. And, and she probably is the reason why that person ends up winning the match. You know, maybe she interferes or something. Or maybe she just comes out after the match and reveals herself as Mickey James. And that sets up uh, the match going into the Royal Rumble. Whether that's a triple threat match between uh, Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, and Mickey James, or whether it's Alexa Bliss taking on uh, Mickey James, which I would prefer to see, and, and not so much uh, Becky versus Mickey, even though that's still a good match, but I think a better story is told between Alexa and Mickey James, for yep. obvious reasons. But I, yeah, yeah, I think that's my, that's my prediction, and I think it is a spoiler that after the, the conclusion of that steel cage match, we're going to get the arrival of Mickey James and also the arrival of a new story developing in the women's division, whether that's uh, a triple threat match heading into the Royal Rumble or Alexa Bliss taking on Mickey James. Yeah, I would think so. Like you said, there's a couple different possibilities, whether Mickey's the heel here and she feuds with Becky going into Mania, which would be a great match for Mania. Or maybe it's who I think was originally under the mask a couple weeks ago. I doubt it was Mickey from the get-go. They could just always put her under the mask and starting next week. But they could always have it be that debuting Deanna Perrazzo. And she can feud with Becky as the newcomer on the scene. And then you could do Mickey and Alexa instead on the side. But I feel like they're building to Nikki and Alexa. The best part about SmackDown's women's division is that there's so many different possibilities. And that's not even including, you know... Uh, Nikki and Natalia, who were also probably having a match at the Rumble system. It, it did not come to fruition on Tuesday night. So there's a couple different ways they can go with this. Um, but as you said, I think the the end game, whatever role she is in, it's got to be Mickey James, uh, maybe not even behind the mask, but coming in 
Uh, to SmackDown, I mean, on Raw, I really don't see where she would fit in. I think Charlotte, Bailey, and Sasha kind of have that whole thing locked down. You have Stephanie in there, too. I don't know if they're building to Stephanie and Sasha. That's another topic for another day. But it does seem like Mickey is SmackDown-bound. As you said, the report indicated she would be coming in in January. So whether it be next week, at the Rumble, what have you, I'm looking forward to it. I think the match next week should be great. As you said, uh, it should be their best bout to date. So... I think that covers pretty much everything. WrestleMania 34, SmackDown, Raw, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. I'm glad we were able to cover as many stuff, as much stuff as we did as uh, WrestleMania season gets underway. First time having you on the show, and uh, first time talking to Lucas over the phone for the first time in many years, so great to have you back here in the show. Hopefully it won't be the last time. Hopefully we can get you back on here at some point in the next few months before WrestleMania. But before we let you go, once again, where can the people find you on social media, and uh, where can people find your show as well? Alright, uh, as far as social media, you can find me and follow me on Twitter. That, that The uh, handle is at LucasRojas27. And if you don't know the, the last name, it's R-O-J-A-S. <laughs> and as far as uh, my website and my podcast is concerned, check me out on Spreaker, Spreaker.com slash user slash Rivals React Radio. Or you can find me and subscribe to me on YouTube. YouTube.com slash user slash Lucas Jimenez. I have some features and uploads on there. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, you know, I did a, an interview uh, this past week with former WWE referee Jimmy Corderas. So uh, feel free to check that out. Very nice, very nice. And you sent me the link that I did check that out a couple days ago. Great interview. People could check that out on YouTube. Check out the show as well, the Twitter machine, all that awesome stuff. So once again, Lucas, thanks for coming on the show. Awesome talking to you. Now catch you on the road, brother. No, not a problem, man. Thanks, and I look forward to doing this more often with you, buddy. Sounds good. Have a good one, dude. All right, man. You too. Big thanks to Lucas for coming on the show. Awesome talking to Lucas for the first time in several years. So check out all of his stuff on the social media and his show as well as we just talked about. But as for me, guys, you can check me out on the Twitter machine at WrestleRant. Find me on Facebook at facebook.com backslash graham.gsm.matthews and on YouTube too at youtube.com backslash c backslash graham.gsm.matthews. So new episodes of WrestleRant Radio coming your way every single week right here on nextairwrestling.net, so stay tuned for that every single Thursday. I think we got next week, which is the 18th and the 25th, Uh, so we are back, or not the 18th, sorry, the 19th and then the 26th, uh, speaking of Thursdays. So I think next week we'll see who we have on the show, we might have a guest on the show, and then the week after that we're back on college campus, I'm back at Endicott, baby, we got uh, Tom coming back on the show to help me preview the Royal Rumble, which, as we just talked about with Lucas, is looking stacked, and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great road to WrestleMania. I can feel it. I can feel it in my veins, guys. So that being said, I think that's about it. So check out all the other original content going up daily right here on NextAirWrestling.net from Raw Reviews, SmackDown Live Reviews, Teen Impact Wrestling Main Event, you know, Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground. Check it all right here on NextAirWrestling.net. And maybe even exclusive review of Okada versus Omega from Wrestle Kingdom 11. I know that went down this past week. I have yet to check it out as of this recording, but I will be checking it out very, very soon. And an exclusive review of that match might be up here on the website at some point in the next couple of days, so stay tuned for that. And last but certainly not least, buy a t-shirt, guys. Eat, sleep, wrestle, rant, repeat. It's pretty much all that I do. I eat, I sleep, I wake up, I wrestle rant, and then I repeat. So check out the shirt. Buy your very own at whatamaneuver.net or just on this very website. Go to Next Day Wrestling. Go to radio shows. 
Under merchandise, you can go to merchandise. It'll take you in a direct link to the t-shirt, buy a hoodie, a tank top, uh, a t-shirt, what have you. We got all that stuff on the website, so check it out. Buy a shirt and represent the WrestleRant brand. And also stay tuned to the website. I also forgot to mention this as well. In the coming weeks, I will be announcing the official details of the 2017 5th Annual Royal Rumble game. It's great stuff. People always love to, uh, you know taking part in it. And when people claim their numbers... They do so pretty quickly, so be sure to you know take part in that in the weeks to come. Come Royal Rumble Sunday in a couple weeks. So, with all that being said, guys, have an amazing week. We'll be back here next Thursday, maybe or maybe not. We'll see. I really have no idea yet. With an exclusive guest here on the show, talking all about Road to WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, Raw, SmackDown, and everything else in between. I'm Graham G.S. and Matthews, and I'll catch you folks down the road. Do a